Welcome to the Fish Nerds, the show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd of the Fish Nerds Podcast. Super happy to be here. So glad that people are listening. Uh, and and I, I, tonight's kind of special because uh, I'm a huge fan of other podcasts. I love other podcasts. And one of the shows I love the most is the Twisted 10 Podcast. It's a top 10 list podcast. And I've got Mr. Adam Poston, host, uh, probably the creator, I don't even know, of the Twisted Ten. Adam, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah, man. That was a hell of an introduction. Jesus. Uh, it, it's fun <laughs> It's fun for me to get on to, to like, when I, when I speak to other podcasters who I'm a huge fan of, I get like a little bit like podcast nervousness. Like, I get I, the I get exact starstruck. same thing. Yeah. Yes. It's so cool. And I was on your show, oh, gosh. A few months yours, ago, yours was episode. Uh, you know what? I should have had that ready. It doesn't <laughs> when matter. We started this, but yes, episode sixty. I, I think I think was yours. Yeah, uh, I'll put I'll put links up at fishners.com. But we did a cool. uh, top top ten fishy parents episode with you. Uh, I actually have another top ten list for you. I just need to get less busy to make it for you. Oh, I so, cannot wait. Your episode so. was one of our best trending episodes of all time. It was a lot of fun. You know, in TAC, so I, I had talked to you a little bit back and forth, uh, but my co-host, one of my four co-hosts, or three other co-hosts and me, TAC, was uh, was nervous. He's like, fish nerds. He goes, what, what, are, what, are, what are we going to be talking about? I said, man, all you have to do is go listen to a couple of his episodes. You'll hear the comedy. You'll hear how the flow works. It's an awesome show. So he went and listened, and that's on his regular rotation of listens now so well, it's all, all of us are fish nerds fans it's it's exciting it's really fun and i, I think well because i think fish is multicultural and attracts everything and it impacts all of our lives even if you don't fish and that's why we do the show and the twisted tens the same thing because we all love lists that's why buzzfeed and all those horrible sites are so yep. popular and it's genius <laughs> your show is genius because you guys don't do the work you like enlist the work and then you put like other popular names in your title so you, you get dan cummins and you can put him in the title of your show, and he does the work, and you get the you get yep. the traffic. It's it's genius. It's smart. I like it. And I'll tell term- you for go ahead for the first like uh, I don't know maybe twenty or thirty episodes of that show of the Twisted Ten. We the hosts were creating all the lists. We didn't even think to bring in guests till after about all of us had done four or five each. Well, it is so you know this. It is so much work that goes into researching because you. Our only really caveat is it has to be original and unique. You can kind of rip off lists, pieces of lists, mm-hmm. and build your own. But the only rule we have is you cannot like do a straight list from BuzzFeed or any of those other sources. So, yeah, when, when we realize, hey, we could have guests come in and do this show, it'll get them more exposure to our listeners. And then, obviously, it'll grow our show with their listeners or their fans or you know whatever they, they've got. Uh, it worked out, and it started to you know snowball effect. We had... You on, we had Dan Cummins, we had, um, Jesus, we had T.S. Madison. I don't know if you saw that episode, but I, she is the largest, or biggest, largest is a wrong choice, biggest is a wrong choice of words too. She's the most <laughs> grandiose, uh, outspoken person for the transgender community. She's an activist, and her list was crazy. It so was yeah, that they, sex fun. one, right? She did all sex stuff, right? Yeah, she did the yeah. top 10 sexual um, fetishes or taboos or something like that. And let's put it this way. The only time I've ever seen my co-host Josh blush on a podcast where no video. Actually, we did have her on video, um, but it was just a Skype connection was that episode. He got embarrassed. It was it was crazy. 
It was a yeah, lot of fun. It was a very good one. Um, before we go any further into the show, uh, for regular Fish Nerds listeners, uh, this episode's a little bit different. We we are an explicit podcast, but we are, aren't an explicit show. This tonight tonight's show will get explicit uh, beyond what you normally hear on the Fish Uh-oh. Nerds. Um, there will be F-bombs. There will be everything else. If that's not the show for you, uh, we'll see you next week at podcast number 189. <laughs> uh, but if you can handle a few uh, dirty words, we are Fisher people. We can handle it. Uh, this is a good show for you, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Tonight on the show, we're going to take on the Flat Earth Conspiracy, uh, Fish Nerd style. We, the reason we're doing this is is uh, I, I'm obsessed with the Flat Earthers uh, ever since hearing them on the Twisted Ten months and months ago, and then he- hearing them on History of 51 podcast months and months ago. And I've gone down the rabbit hole. I've watched every possible YouTube video. I've listened to the Fish, uh, to the Fish Nerds, to the... Uh, Flat Earth podcast, and mm-hmm. I've listened to Dan Cummins talk about it, and and uh, it, it's a terrible, terrible rabbit hole of uh, <laughs> misinformation, and I can't get enough of it. So we're going to take it on a little bit because I'm obsessed, and it can get it out of my system and and be okay. Before we do that, this episode, uh, before we get killed by the Flat Earthers, this uh, episode is brought to you by uh, Health IQ. Health IQ is a life insurance company for people who live healthy lifestyles. Uh, you're about to have a kid, right, Adam? Yeah, absolutely. We're 18 weeks along right now. Yeah, a little, little girl named Abigail Joy. You already so, named yes. her. We named her already, absolutely. Wow. No, so, excuse me. Oh, my God. Andrea would kill me. Don't tell her I said it. Abigail Joe. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Andrea Joe is Joy is the father. mom. Right, yeah, Andrea yeah. Joy is the mother. Abigail Joe is the baby girl. Yeah. Yes. Andrea Joy, I, I don't know what she looks like, but I've got a voice crush on her from your show. And it sounds like she's always drunk on your show whenever I hear her. So I don't know if it's true, <laughs> but that's my impression, and I like that. So not I'll during keep, pregnancy. Not during, yes. no, except when she's not pregnant. All right. So uh, anyway, health, <laughs> health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates of life insurance for health conscious people like runners cyclists strength trainers vegans and sometimes even fisher people uh 56% of health iq customers save between 4 and 33% on their life insurance adam you need life insurance once you have a kid because what's that kid going to do when andrea joy kills you for getting Absolutely. names wrong i mean it's important um <laughs> <laughs> like saving money on your car insurance or be, for being a good driver health iq will save you money on your life insurance for being health for living a health-conscious lifestyle. To see if you can qualify, get a quote today, head to healthiq.com slash FNP. That's healthiq slash FNP, Fish Nerds Podcast, to save today. Okay, so before we dig in on this, uh, we got a phone call from a listener today about the Flat Earth Conspiracy. Ooh, I like um, it. Yeah, and we got a phone call from a listener who wanted to chime in with their opinion on the Flat Earthers. Uh, so Liam Geary from Backwoods Graphics, that's the guy who makes my decals, called in, uh, and here's what he had to say. Hi, this is Liam Geary calling from Backwoods Graphics. Um, in rebuttal to the Earth being flat or round, if the Earth were flat, cats would have knocked everything off of it by now. That's just my guess. All right. In the case it wasn't clear because it was a phone call, uh, he said if the earth were flat, cats would have already knocked everything off of it. (laughs) 
So <laughs> yes. that's a, that's a, it's an old flat earth joke, um, which we I, I love that meme. Yes. It's a classic meme. Um, but anyway, if anyone has a fish nerds question going on in the future, call 607-378-FISH and leave us a message. We always use them on the show. Um, we love hearing from our guests. Adam, uh, what's your opinion on the flat earth? Do you think it's uh, flat? So look, I'm a, I'm an open-minded person. Uh-huh. I like to say, Tack Tack explained it best. He said when he listens back to some of the shows that that we host, I could say, let's just take colors for example. Maybe you like red and I like blue. My argument would be, you know, I really like blue clay, but I can understand why you like red. It's got some great characteristics, but I'm a blue guy. But I see why red's good too. So I take the kind of the the moderator, the middle of the road on most topics. Mm-hmm. And when flat Earth came up when when this whole thing came up at first i thought it was a joke then i thought it was just some fanatics looking to get a name for themselves the more i dug and the more i got into this i drew a line in the sand and i addressed it on our show too where you either believe you honestly no shit believe or you're doing it for the money glory fame whatever the other part of it is they don't i don't see them intermingling and I've got some, you know, perspectives that I shared on our show about our the two guests that we had from the Flat Earth uh, group, David and Jaron, and uh, and we, I gave my pull, my full introspective on them. I really truly believe that they think the Earth is is flat, which is absolutely boggles my mind. Now the podcast stuff I absolutely do. However, my day job, my career, I work at NASA. I'm actually, I recently just got a promotion. I'm an engineer. I work at IT, so I don't exactly shoot rockets to the moon, but I might build the, you know, Linux support system and that sit, that goes up with them. But, uh, but I'm a, I'm a round earther, a globe earther, a and uh, I'm fascinated, absolutely fascinated with how these people actually can believe that the earth is flat in 2018. It, it's just, it boggles my mind. Well, it's it's interesting because I I was listening to their podcast and I actually was a huge fan. I gave them five star reviews on iTunes and and all the things. I even called into their show a number of times to ask them questions, and uh, they never once have given any credible piece of evidence, which is what we're looking for. Um, but they they actually lost me because they went from being flat earthers, which is a fun, harmless conspiracy, and they go from there to not believing in evolution, and they yeah. become creationists, and 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 uh, you know, Earth is three thousand years old, and the sun and the moon are in close orbit. I mean, all these things aren't hurtful. And then their show went into the dark, dark realm of. Um, of of crisis actor stuff, and when they got into that, is when I stopped listening to their show because I, thought, I haven't. Now I haven't heard being... that episode of their of theirs yet. They, they so they went the full crisis actor mode. They on this did. Whole thing? Well, I mean, they mentioned it after uh, the Vegas shooting, and then they mentioned. I listened to the most recent show, and they mentioned it with the most recent shootings as well. So um, that's what they do. And so they believe all these things are something. They believe in every possible conspiracy, and they discredit any possible real life things. And that's really hard for me to swallow because then it becomes hurtful, and then it becomes like, all right, now you're just being dicks, and I can't, I can't swallow, <laughs> I can't swallow that anymore because you're just a dick. So that's where we're at with them now. But I mean, I actually enjoyed it, and I would find myself yelling at the uh, at my at my iPod because of the because of the silliness and I was having fun with it, but I became less fun when it becomes so real and, and I think hurtful to people. 
Yep. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna have to go back and listen to their latest episodes. I, I really want to hear this. I got kind of involved in the 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 act, crisis actors thing, but not from a perspective of what you would normally consider a conservative or a liberal. I more took it middle of the road. I, I saw what I saw as a 17 year old kid that was sharing his tragic story, irrelevant of my perspective on it. I didn't agree with him, but I didn't. You think he was an idiot, but people were accusing him of being fake, being 24 years old. I'm like guys, this is a minor. You yeah. got to be careful with what you're doing. He's 17 years old and he's sharing his story, regardless of its point or of its agenda. It's his story, and you get you have to. It's it's worthy of a listen, as are all the faculty and the kids of that school. It's it's something tragic, and we need to listen and absorb. It's awful. But, but I think we should do is we should we should t- describe the model of the flat Earth according to the flat Earthers um, on the podcast. Now there's okay. there's a thousand channels, a thousand YouTube channels. We're really kind of going after the flat Earth podcast guys directly. And you're going to hear in a few minutes, you're going to hear Doc Martin talking about the Flat Earthers. And she was using the Flat Earth um, Society's website, which the Flat Earth Podcast has okay. called a, a government shill to of misinformation. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the, the, their, con, con, their counter to Doc Martin's facts is she was using the wrong source. However, there is no central body of evidence uh, of the of there's no like central body of like science for the flat earthers. It's it's a bunch of splinter groups, and all their research, 100 percent of the research seems to be just people making YouTube videos where they make stuff up, and share them with each other. I think that's about all they got. All that I've ever seen from all of them is just counter arguments to existing, what we consider scientific facts in our community. That means the the that scientific facts have gone through a process of being vetted, being peer reviewed being replicated or duplicated either in practice or in theory. In some cases, you can't theor- you know, actually reproduce some of the scientific acts that are going on. You have to just do it in theory and math. Uh, we consider those as facts when they've been proofed so much in the scientific community as a whole, not just the U.S., mm-hmm. but the world, that's considered fact. And what they're doing, what the those two guys in particular, but also shared amongst the rest of the Flat Earth community, is they're taking knit, like little pieces, little, little tiny knit bits of of scientific facts, finding a possible angle of of distrust or some kind of uh, questionable math or questionable logic or questionable camera angles or whatever, and then exploiting that as their proof, and it drives me nuts. They don't present evidence. No, nope. they tr- their their whole whole stance is to counter what is in existence as currently fact, as scientific fact. And it's, it's frustrating. It right, really so, is. So let's describe the Earth according to the Flat Earth podcast. Sure. As far as I can tell, because they've actually never once sat down and my, when I called their show, I said, hey guys, love your show. Could you just describe the Earth as you think it looks? And they, <laughs> I want to know, what, I wanna know what, it, what the model is. And as far as I can tell, it's uh, imagine a... They don't agree on this. The two guys don't even agree on this one fact. It's either a disc, like think of a dinner plate. Sure. Um, with in the center of the plate would be Antarctica. No, sorry. In the center of the plate would be north. Would be the North Pole, and yeah. on the outside edge would be Antarctica, and all the continents are kind of in between all that. And then they say when you sail around the world, you're just sailing in a circle around North America, around uh, the North Pole. You know, and so you can circumnavigate a plate the same as you can circumnavigate a round ball. That's how they describe it. Um, and they discount any possibility of of ever going anywhere else. They also describe a dome over the top of the planet and space is pretend. So that's all imaginary. And the sun and the moon are very close to the earth. 
and they rotate around the disk at a low orbit, at a low angle, and that's how you have night and day and seasons and that sort of thing. Uh, and that's their description. Uh, one of them also just says it's also possible that beyond Antarctica is an infinite plane. Yes, and, this, and, is, this is my favorite. This is my yes. favorite. And within that, there are other moons and suns in, in other orbits around with melted areas of Antarctica. And one of those might be Saturn and one might be... Uh, Mars, and so they actually said this on this mo- their most recent episode. They said because I listened, I went back and listened. They said so when Elon Musk or whoever's talking about flying to Mars, what they're really talking about is going kind of west or east, going past Antarctica to the next across little, that plane, across <laughs> that plane where there's another community of human-like people. Possibly they're ju- so they're what they when they hear the word theory, they think make shit up. Yeah. Based yeah. on just making stuff up, like what if, which is really fun. They should be science science fiction writers because the detail they come up with is fantastic. Oh, oh trust me, it's uh, perfect. One of one of the shows that I got hooked into. I'm a I'm a big sci fi fan, so I got hooked into a show called The Magicians. It's a Netflix. It's on Netflix. It was a sci fi original. It's only got two seasons out, it, but it's a good watch if you like fantasy kind of lore, you know, mythos stuff like that. Well, in that. A couple of times, there's this faraway magical, mystical land that they travel to in, inside there. Sorry, spoiler alerts for anybody who hasn't seen the ma- <laughs> uh, magicians. Um, however, they they occasionally in the uh, studio will show that land as what you and I would possibly consider a flat Earth model because it's a a giant continent floating in space with like rock and debris below it. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It looks great. Um, during their episode, those two guys that we had on specifically. I used MP3 cover art. I always make cover art for every one of our episodes. It, it's usually unique to the guest or to the topic at hand. On theirs, I didn't have photos of either one of those guys. So what I used was a pretty standard conventional flat earth model, uh, which is on the Flat Earth Society website, and I published. And then it wasn't even 30 minutes after I had published that one of them was on uh, on. Um, uh, instant messenger on uh, Facebook with me saying that is not what we believe. That is a bunch of hokum bull crap. You know, <laughs> take that down. And I'm like, oh, okay, that one's false. But which one do you want me to use? So I changed it for the one they wanted. I respected them because they wanted to represent correctly how they view the the flat Earth. And theirs is yes. Theirs is more like what you just described. This flat, endless plane of earth and the where we are we see we consider the center earth in the center and then some of these possible other little holes in the ice if you call it that around this giant plane that's how they view it which Mm -hmm. is just fascinating to me it Uh, it really really is it's it's perfect and and so their their idea of viewing the world is if you can't see it with your own eyes um it's not real and if you do see it with your eyes it doesn't match what you want to see it's magic so like like they won't go watch a space shuttle takeoff or uh, the SpaceX fly- flights. They won't go no. look at that because they to them that's the same as David Copperfield making the Statue of Liberty disappear. We've that's- invited them down here. We wanted them to come down. So I live um, on Merritt Island, which is uh, I'm about seven miles from the base from Kennedy Space Center, and to the line of, line of sight out to the launch pads, I've got about an eight mile perspective, maybe a ten. Somewhere in that frame, time frame, from my house to the launch pads. So I'm very, very close. And I get to see them from my backyard, or we can also go out on the base. I have get visitor passes, and I can bring people out as close as what's called the Vehicle Assembly Building, 
to watch the launches. I can take up to five people with me. That's so like I invited three, that's them like down. three miles away, right? Yeah, it's right around yeah. the corner. It's not too far. The, oh, the Vehicle Assembly Building is exactly three miles line of sight, yes. Right, and that way you don't um, blow up when the shuttle takes off or this, you know, it's, you don't Yeah, die. basically you're out of the <laughs> field Death of range. debris. Yeah, you're out of the field. So yeah. uh, I invited them. I said, guys, let me know when you want to come down and I will personally escort you out to the Space Center. We will time it around a launch and we will let you see with your own eyes one of these launches. And, uh, nope, they, uh, in that same episode, we asked them, if you saw it with your own eyes, would you still be in disbelief? And they said, we wouldn't believe it. We would think that something was false. Something was made up. So there's no, there's, and there's no scenario where they come around. They even said, my favorite was, is they say if NASA or SpaceX would put a camera in space with a 24 hour feed to Earth, they would believe it. So what did SpaceX do like two weeks ago? <laughs> exactly this. I loved it because you could see the weather patterns. That was one of their caveats. They right. said, if you show me a live foot, you know, live feed of Earth at the same time as a weather, I can visibly watch weather patterns. You know, we can either look up in the sky and see a front moving through, or we can look at what we understand as conventional radar because they trust radar. Uh, then they can compare that. So I said, guys, here it is. This is perfect. SpaceX just launched. You could see the entire launch. You could see the the perfect field division of the entire round Earth in the background. You can see the weather patterns right over my house. There was a front that was moving through after the launch, and you could see it. Like yeah. there it is. So then, we're no no more flat Earth, right? That proves right. Uh, no, no uh, that's no. just CGI. You could do that with any movie. You know? that's, <laughs> that's their answer to everything. That's CGI. Yes. That's that's Dave. Uh, that's my question to Dave. Now I'm going to tell you, I w- I'm not going to be as nice to them as I was on your show that you released. Sure. Last week, I, 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 and I'm not gonna play that. I'm not gonna play that segment today. I was very kind, and I was talking about how much I loved this show and, and yeah. enjoyed it and wanted to keep going. But because of the crisis actor crap that they're putting out there, I no longer feel that way and don't feel like they're good people anymore. Like I feel like they're good people who are misguided. Now I think they're assholes and they're wrong. And so was was Jaron on that same boat? I know Dave. So the two guys for the listeners who might be new to this, David is more of your. Uh, uh, argumentative and quick-witted guy, and da- and Jaron is more of their seemingly calm, casual, collected kind well, of guy. Jaron isn't regular on their show. Jaron owns the Jaronism YouTube channel. The hosts gotcha. are David and Curious Jay. Yeah, uh, Curious Jay is a smart one. David is a moron. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just going to say it the way it is. Yeah, uh, no, because he's the David's the one who always goes. He's the one I in my in my intro. He's the one who didn't understand that, how plants grew. So we, in, on your show, I said it was awesome. He, he had a question about like I planted a sunflower. It grew. I measured the dirt before and after. The amount of dirt didn't change. Therefore, the sunflower is full of photons. And <laughs> I'm like, that's just the most David. The most basic of all sciences. If you don't get that. There's no hope for any science being for you. So, so I'm sorry. Um, but I can't wait to hear what they say on their show when it comes up. But I'm no longer being, I don't want to be nice to them anymore because they're not nice people. If, they, if they're believing these school shootings and all these things are fake, that just makes them assholes. And there's just you know, nothing else I can do about it. That, so we, we posted the, our response episode that included you, which you had, a, you had the, an absolutely fabulous uh, uh, section you had yourself, Doc Martin. You, basically, you brought yourself two PhDs and an enthusiast and yeah. created a good 25-minute or so segment that's in the middle. It's spot dead in the middle of that show. And uh, it, it was it was absolutely fascinating. I loved it. And we also had Dan Cummins and we had our our boys over at Hysteria 51. By the way, you need to hook up with those guys because they are awesome. Oh, they I've, are really, I've been really cool with guys. Them. 
Oh, and cool. We, and we, okay, we okay. Traded, traded decals, too. I have their decals on my fishing car. So, nice. Yeah. Um, but anyway, during uh, during all of all of that conversation, kind of lost where I was going with that. Uh, so we posted that episode, our response episode that featured all you guys. And it wasn't but about an hour or two hours after that that we started getting the comments from David on our Facebook. Now, I didn't tag them. They found it. So that meant they were watching, which I love. That's great. That's what yeah. I want. Uh, but so we started retorting back and forth with uh, myself, a couple of our listeners, uh, and the other co-hosts of the show. And I do not mind having a different perspective than the rest of reality. Fine. You want to believe the earth is flat? I don't give a shit. It's fine. Argue your side. Great. Yeah. Absolutely. I love the fascination. I'm fascinated by it, behind it. And, and but, the enthusiasm. And they're super enthusiastic, which makes it fun, right? Like it's, Absolutely. You love that. Yeah, he he started, and this is only David. This wasn't Jaron, but David started posting comments about, and they were blocked. And then I eventually banned him for these, but from our Facebook page. But he started posting comments, um, just basically getting us trying to drive up our collusive efforts to mistrust the government. So he started posting things about the Boston Marathon bombers that that the whole thing was fake. Then he touched on Florida and the Florida shooting in the schools down there in Broward County. That's close to home for us, and Boy. we have friends and family that were directly affected by deaths in those schools well i mean for the boston that's my town right that's yeah that's right that's a good point i know people who were there when that happened right so he kept doing this over and over and over and josh our he josh wilson is also known as mr wilson on our shows is more of our social media front he's he's kind of the um he, he controls all of that stuff so he went on and he politely asked him said look david i don't mind you doing this but this is not a platform for you to spew you know, all government conspiracies on this thread. That's, that's, you want to do that on your show and tag us on it? Fine, do it, but not here, not on the Twisted 10. And uh, he kept going, kept digging, kept digging, kept digging. I sent him a personal warning. This is to David. And I said, look, man, if you keep this shit up, you're going to get banned. And, and I don't want to do that because I want the banter. I want the back and forth, but I don't want it to get so sidetracked into insensitive territory. You know, for people that have family members and whatever that have been affected, this is super, super just, insensitive and taboo right so that's not what we're going to do here so he didn't he didn't stop so i eventually banned him which blocked all the comments i'm going to go back in there and unblock everything that he posted so everybody can see how big of an ass he was however yeah i've lost my respect for for that man unfortunately yeah. he's jaren still got a chance yeah david well, david's done i don't i could care less about that guy yeah, he's, like said, he kills jaren, me. jaren's not on the show anyway so uh like I said, Jerry's not on the not on the show, so it is really just David there cool. making okay. those comments. Um, I did enjoy that, and it was fun. And I was kept trying to, to write as Fishner's, not as Clay Groves, and I couldn't get all that right on there. But anyway, um, <laughs> there's neither here or there. Let's tell you what. Let's let's do some news, and then we're going to come back to this topic uh, in just a few minutes. Okay, so how about some fish in the news? news, news fish in the Okay, first up, uh, this is from the Metro News 130.4 uh, FM. A uh, man who used anglerfish stomach to masturbate ends up in hospital. Uh, this is should be familiar to you. Um, <laughs> oh, man. A man who posted step-by-step -step updates as he pleasured himself with the stomach of an anglerfish ended up in the hospital. Uh, in a series of posts on Channel 2, the anonymous masturbator, by the way, any masturbator who posts online should be anonymous, uh, from <laughs> Japan, told users that he works with anglerfish on a regular basis and decided to wank with the fish's stomach out of curiosity. Um, I, I, you're a curious person by nature. You're uh, sure. open-minded. Uh, is this something that you're interested in? 
Uh, listen, I, I'm uh, all about new experiences and <laughs> trying new things, but turning any fish into a, would you call that a fish light? Like a fleshlight? <laughs> a fi- no, I don't know. That, that's that's just that's weird to me. You know what? This is going to sound a little bit insensitive, so forgive me here. But the Japanese culture sometimes does some weird stuff. They have panties and vending machines in Japan. So there's there's some weird things sexually that are happening in that country. Now, also other countries, too, and America. Yeah. But especially in Japan, there's some really, really weird stuff that happens. I, I would say weird sex is one more reason to like the Japanese culture. I just love um, the idea <laughs> yes. that a culture can be all about weird sex. Uh, he described how he had taken precautions, carefully disinfecting the raw fish organ using salt and ethanol before rubbing it against his penis. Uh, the, de- <laughs> the details. Well, that's good. I can't even read this. Uh, the details. Stratus ended up with a photo of him wearing the stomach on his hand. So it was like a like a fish hand stomach glove. It's like a, uh, a, gl- a, a kitchen mitt or oven mitt or whatever. Yeah, accompanying the image, and I'll put links on fishners.com. Accompanying, oh my god, <laughs> accompanying <laughs> the image was a short caption. I'm taking off my pants now. Um, By the way, so am I. Uh, Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) However, all did not go according to plan, as he later revealed in a follow-up that he had to check himself into the hospital after after coming down with a pain in the penis. (laughs) (laughs) Who writes this stuff? Uh, Doctors apparently diagnosed the man with urethritis, an inflammation of the urethra that put him on a course of antibiotics. It's believed that he that made that made it inside. Then, oh yeah. Well, if you you know when you if you really get into it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if you recall from the Twisted 10 episode I did with you, we talked about the anglerfish. Yeah, we uh, did. The fact that it was an adult uh, anglerfish, it was a big one, means it was a female. Do you recall why? Give me one second. Don't yeah. the males grab a hold and incubate or, well, uh, uh, inseminate through um, physically attaching and then they then become a host? Or the yeah. females become a host and the males become the... What a parasitic symbiote! They have become like a that. parasitic gonad. So yeah. that yeah, the males turn into a gonad. So uh, well, at so least yeah. he got the sex right. Yeah, you know that's he got he was at least you know well he could say well I wasn't gay, and the rest <laughs> of us are like well you know, it's okay to be gay but masturbating with a fish is not okay. And that um, makes him pansexual. <laughs> fish sexual. All right, so that's um well that's some good news. You know what? Huh? You know what though, Clay? I, I will point out one thing. You got to yeah. give it to this guy. Safety first. He cleaned it thoroughly. You, your article said he cleaned it thoroughly, mm-hmm. and you know that's important. That's, you know that's pretty important. In my experience with uh, with most people I know who are interested in fish with sex, they also aren't safe about it. So, like, good on him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple of those, huh? Uh-oh. Uh, well, we, I've been doing this a long time, and uh, this comes up often. All right, next uh, from globalnews.ca is Canadian news, but from Australia. Good day. Australia plans to fight invasive fish with herpes virus. Some scientists are alarmed. I'm now. I'm wondering, can they give it to them the old-fashioned way? Is that guy from Japan going to fly down to Australia and personally deliver the <laughs> virus to each one of those carp all by himself? <laughs> this is the best part about this, Clay. I get to listen to you doing your news live and interact. <laughs> this is exactly how I do when I listen to your podcast anyway. I'm laughing and talking back to you, but you don't ever respond. So now I got you live and you're responding. I love it. I'm here for you, man. Uh, in an effort to fight an invasive fish species, Australia, the government, in Australia, the government is planning on releasing the herpes virus into its waterways, oh. hoping it will wipe out the common carp. Now, those of us who know about the herpes virus know that it's never stopped anyone from continuing on with their escapades. <laughs> uh, 
However, several scientists are questioning this method, saying the spe species-specific virus may not be effective against the fish and also poses a serious risk to global food security. So, um, but this, by the way, this has been going on for years. I'm not going to read the whole story to you. We've reported this before, but it comes up every single year. There's a few recurring fishy stories. And this one comes up because on a slow news days, uh, talking about fish and sex always sells. You know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what this really is, though, don't you? What's that? Uh, we're on the topic earlier. Uh, this is a government conspiracy. What that virus really is, it's not herpes. Mm -mm. It's the T-cell virus from Resident Evil. It's going to turn us all into zombies and wipe out humankind. I mean, just it'll wipe us all out. Yeah. Incidentally, uh, the Flat Earthers also believe that the vaccine is a government conspiracy. Um, the, like Everything you can imagine that, they, that you might, one might believe in, they buy into. You, you, you just nailed it, though. Let them not vaccinate themselves or any of their children, mm -hmm. and problem will take care of itself, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, if you believe it's a problem. Uh, they also <laughs> they also believe that uh, education is indoctrination. And if I ever get a chance to talk to them, and they probably aren't going to ever talk to me again, I would ask them, at what, what kind of teaching can you teach that's not indoctrination? Well, like, all right, so out of all their conspiracy theories, and yeah. again, I'm not supporting any of them, However, yeah. there are conspiracy theories that do have some basis mm -hmm. in actual real facts. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned a couple on that episode. Uh, if they took a stance, like I could, I could sit there and listen to them and debate with them and enjoy the entertaining conversation about education being corrupt. I got it. I don't agree with it, but I got, I can at least see the angle to that. They sure. could say it's bias. It's either left or right or, you know, whatever. They could they could swing me to their to understand where they're coming from with at least that. So hey, you know what? I'll give them that one if that's what they believe. All right, good. Sure. Good on you for believing it. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. But it's it's the fact that they believe in everything except for reality. That's <laughs> yes. the problem. Yeah. <laughs> but man, what a what a fun way to live. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. All right. How about some uh, Olympic news here? Um, ah, Olympics. I love it. I, did you watch the Olympics? I watched a little bit. I'm going through a, a big ch uh, job change down here. So the past couple of, well, months really for me has been very, very hectic. So uh, I haven't, unfortunately, I haven't had the chance to watch any. So no. I know the North Koreans showed up though. That's kind of cool. They they totally showed up. And and uh, so this is, this is from um, the Olympic v Village from Travel and Leisure Magazine. Squid Ink Ice Cream is the most surprisingly delicious dessert at the Olympics. Really? Yeah. Now, for those of us who follow the Olympics, we know that the Olympic Village is a giant drunk stoner fest. <laughs> and that all those people, they go there to compete for a 20-minute event and have the rest of the week free to party with a bunch of 20-something-year-olds who are really good looking. So I, I imagine the only time they're sober is during their competition. And even then, I would question whether some of the snowboarders are also sober, even the, given the stuff they're doing out there. I saw um, the one recap of that 17-year-old uh, kid where his family had Instagrammed him photos. And I, I might be butchering this, the facts of this story, so forgive me. But his family had Instagrammed photos of him while they were there. They were all chugging beers. And he... I guess a, a catastrophe of events leading up to his run, but he ended up nailing it and getting gold. But it was a, a, a catastrophe that led up to him doing and succeeding, which was funny. Oh, sure. And they're a good old American. The, and he drops the F-bomb on live oh, television. That's right. yeah, yeah, that's I mean, right. That's cool, right? Like, that's, like it's, it's still, it's funny how, how uh, 20 years ago, uh, snowboarding was like the outlaw punk rock sport. And now it's just rich white kids. 
<laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, all these guys who win it, they they win it because their parents are indulging them to a level of uh, of high degree. I mean, they build these yes. summertime parks in their backyard and they're doing flips into like giant trash cans full of foam blocks. I mean, these aren't aren't poor kids who are figuring out like how to how to win the Olympics. Although most Olympians, I think, uh, from the United States are pretty wealthy to begin with. That's a pretty good perspective. I've never actually thought about that. Um, I, granted, uh, the American athletes compared to the, some of the rest of the world, third world country athletes, I got that. But especially in the U.S., we have our own digital divide between privileged and non-privileged. Yeah. And that's a good point. That's a really, really good point. I never well, thought about that before. Did you see this skier who competed for Hungary, American skier, competed for Hungary, and she gamed the system? So she couldn't do a single trick in the half pipe, but that was her competition. And she learned that if you win a certain amount of World Cup champions and top 30 competitors, you could earn enough points to get into the Olympics. And so she entered competitions and had less than 30. So she always finished in the top 30. And then she never did any tricks, so she never got disqualified. Meanwhile, great skiers are doing tricks and falling and getting disqualified. So she wasn't finishing dead last. And so she got in the Olympics, but she couldn't do things. Oh, wow. And she just gamed the system so she could ski in the Olympics. I did not see that. I, I'll, I'll guarantee. Yeah. I'll guarantee that rule won't be there next year or next, uh, the next time the Olympics come up uh, in two years for the summer. I, they'll, uh, they'll do something about that. It's not the first time it's happened. So we'll see. Really? Yeah. Oh, the, that's Eddie nuts. the Eagle did the same thing back in the uh, 90s, I think. I saw they that. Made a, well, they made a I, movie I know there's about movie. it. Yeah, with uh, Wolverine, right? Um, yes. What's his name? Wolverine. I can't remember his name. His you know Wolverine. Everyone about. knows that. Yeah. Yeah, but, exactly. The Australian guy with the herpes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah well, well, just send him to the fish pond and fix them all. There you go. Perfect. Maybe we good. Perfect. So, so would you eat squid ink ice cream? Yeah, yeah. I'd give anything a shot. I was in uh, Bolivia uh, down in South America and went to a Rodizio style restaurant. And uh, you call it a restaurant if you want to. It wasn't really. It was really a hole in the wall with some lights. But uh, I ate cow tongues and hearts and just really bizarre foods so yeah hell yeah i'd give it a shot yeah not a problem at all and uh for those of us those long-term fish nerds listeners know that the fish nerds have eaten their share of squid ink especially during the tinned fish uh, episodes yep. a year ago we did squid ink this year we did not we did uh, other horrible things so yeah we'll do it squid ink though should not be a food is my <laughs> my final opinion on yeah, that. i don't i don't think i could do it either that's that's uh, rough i mean i would try it on like a you know here's a crazy food that some people do actually consume why don't you give it a shot i'd do that but i don't know if it'd be a a regular for me no nah, yeah, it's okay to not eat everything it's fine okay so that's the news we're done with the news forget nice it. yeah so you did hey nice job with the news you did a good job <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks i tried not to interrupt uh well you should that's what we do all right help me f- so let's um Let's take a little musical break. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so, I like this. So uh, those longtime listeners show know Doc Martin has been part of our show. She is a professor uh, at a college out in Kansas. She has her PhD. She's she's like she's young and smarter than anyone I know. And she, somehow she thinks hanging out with the fish nerds is good for her career. So uh, she did a little parody of, uh, gosh, what did she do a parody of? Oh, uh, Lily Allen's song, Fuck You. By the way, it's my first time ever saying fuck on this podcast. I've never said Whoa, I'm part of this just exper- now. That's exciting. I'm part of this. You're That's part fun. of it. It's a movement. Anyway, so Lily Allen's <laughs> song, Fuck You, was the inspiration and tune. Uh, and she just wrote new lyrics in the spirit of Weird Al. She wanted me to make sure I gave credit to Lily Allen and please don't sue us. 
So here is <laughs> Doc Martin, a little folksy version of uh, of Fuck You. And this goes out to all the flat earthers out there who believe uh, in stupid things. Yes.
All right. Hey, thanks, Doc Martin. Uh, that was uh, beautiful. And apologies go out to your parents, so I know uh, we did not approve of you singing that song. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to play that for our listeners so bad. Oh, well, man. Well, she gave you permission, so feel free yes. to for you do it. Just give credit where credit is due. And uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, what kind of gold is she for this show? I mean, God, she's the best. The- that's a, that's a beautiful song. I I I I don't I don't know what to say. That's that's a, so I've thought about writing parodies before, mm-hmm. and uh, I just I'm not musically inclined. Tack is and Andrea Joy is on our show, and Josh Wilson is, but I don't have an ounce of music in me, uh, so I'd have to leave it up to them. I, I'm jealous. I think I, that's a great song. I'm so happy. <laughs> it made me. It <laughs> makes me. She does it for us all the time, and it always just makes me so happy that she puts the time in to to, to do something for us like that. So we'll we'll take it. Thanks, Doc. Um, before we get into the next segment, next segment's long. This is going to be Doc Martin and Professor B doing a fireside chat of um, about the flat Earth, and just uh, for those hardcore flat earthers out there who are going to point out the fact that they use the. Uh, the Flat Earth Society's website as a source for this for this uh, little chat. Um, fuck you. That's uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. come up come up with a central body of evidence and, that we can all go to, and then we will get it right. But until then, um, that's what you got, and you've got to kind of combat that. Um, but hey, speaking of of being fucked, if you die, you want to make sure that you have life insurance. And to get great life insurance, you can go to Health IQ. This show is brought to you this week by Health IQ, the life insurance company for people with a health conscious lifestyle, like runners, cyclists, uh, strength trainers, vegans, and more. Uh, over half of all Health IQ customers save a third on their life insurance, and uh, we're happy. If you go to their website and use the uh, the code um, FNP, so Health IQ slash FNP, uh, they notice us. They'll give us more money, and we need money to keep this show going, and we appreciate them. Um, they scored a 9.6 out of 10 on Trustpilot, um, and they love people who run marathons, eat well, they're v- who are vegans, or exercise a lot. Uh, but go to healthiq.com slash FNP, take the quiz, and you are in the game. Even if you're not sure if you qualify, do that just by going to healthiq.com slash FNFP, sorry, FNP, healthiq.com com slash fmp it's hard to say um taking that quiz <laughs> helps our podcast if our um sponsors don't get visits to their website they stop giving us money and we want their money and we want you to have life insurance so go to health iq slash fnfp it's symbiotic relationship they are the mother angler fish and i am the dad i'm biting their ass nice and i am i am their gonads so. Hey, this might sound like a silly question for yeah. that. And I know you may not know the answer to this, but do you know if they do Oconus plans outside continental United States? And we have a lot of listeners for our shows that live in, well, don't live, but they, they are working in Iraq, Afghanistan, Colombia, Bolivia, Peru, some of those places. And they're, they're, um, what are called expats, expatriates, they're American citizens working abroad. Do the, does Health IQ cover health plans for health, life insurance plans for people outside the U.S.? That's a great question. There's one way to be sure. <laughs> Go to Health IQ slash FNP and uh, do the quiz, and they'll ask your address and information, and they'll let you know. Cool. My guess is probably, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, we all need life insurance, so why not get them through someone who's giving me money? There you go. Nice. <laughs> we'll share it out on our uh, on our page as well. Just shoot yeah. me the info. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Kick ass. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, be- without any more ado, here is Doc Martin. Here is Professor B, both with 
PhDs. They know more than we do, so they can debunk <laughs> the flat earth pretty com- comfortably. Hello, everyone that's out there and listening. This is Doc Martin from the Fish Nerds Podcast. A lot of you already know who I am, but it's my understanding we are doing a collaboration with the Twisted 10 Podcast, and we're going to talk about Flat Earth. So I thought I would introduce myself to everybody out there that doesn't know me. I got my PhD in biology, specific aquatic e- specifically aquatic ecology, um, and my dissertation focused on distribution, habitat use, and ecosystem level impacts of small bodied cyprinids in prairie streams, which is a mouthful, but for all you fish lovers out there, I work with bait fish, um, and they're super awesome. I am also currently a faculty member at a university in the Midwest, and I'm enrolled as a master's student in physics out here. Um, And since we're going to be discussing the flat earth idea, I thought it would be great to bring in my physics advisor, and I guess we're going to call him Dr. B. So would you like to introduce yourself? Hi out there. (laughs) I think most of you do not know me. So uh, my name is Jorge Ballester, and I go by Dr. B. And I've been teaching here for since 1990, having obtained a PhD in physics. And I'm really, nowadays I'm all kinds of general theoretical physics and even a little bit of experimental physics when that needs to be done. Um, like working with students and uh, hoping to explain what science is all about. So I, I haven't really scripted what I'm gonna say about the flat earth very much, so we'll see where it goes. Yeah, so the reason I ended up inviting Dr. B along with just myself is because when I had originally agreed to do this, I thought I would just pick one kind of fundamental idea that the Flat Earthers had and then debunk it. Um, I spent a lot of time online going through their website, which if you've actually looked at it, both Dr. B and everyone else out there, uh, it's a really nice website. It's got a little frequently asked questions. It explains their outlook. Um, it's very legitimate. These people obviously took a lot of time and consideration into answering questions, which I appreciate. But I also found that it I'm not going to be the first one to do this. There's been lots of people over lots of decades. Um, and so instead of debunking one particular thing, after spending some time chatting with Dr. B all day today, we thought we would just talk about what science is and why, in general, the realm of proper science uh, rejects the flat Earth idea. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. Uh, initially, Doc Martin came over to talk to me about uh, specifically about the universal acceleration <laughs> idea that is supposed to be a flat Earth replacement for gravity. Yes. And, uh, and right away there's a problem that, you know, in about a year you get going. And she showed me, yeah, calculated in a year or so you're going at the speed of light. So if you're accelerating at 9.8 meters per second squared, being the standard free fall acceleration on the surface of the Earth. So, um, so that runs into a problem. According to Einstein, the speed of light is the maximum possible speed. Um, however... <laughs> the, uh, it turns out, on looking a little closer, that the uh, flat Earth 
folks have looked into this and they have some explanation and through some clever math and just appealing to some unusual features of special relativity, <laughs> they say it's possible to be accelerating forever and you just, however, you only keep getting closer and closer to the speed of light, but you think you're accelerating at a constant rate. Um, yeah, so that led us to the question of, first of all, what frame of reference yeah. would we be in? Um, so, for example, if we shot Dr. B in a rocket that's at a constant acceleration, uh, I would be here on Earth, right? And I would watch him. And if I'm in my frame of reference, then, from what I understand... I would see him tangentially approach the speed of light without ever actually getting there. Yes. Yeah. But what he would experience... I Maybe, perhaps, I would, ex <laughs> I would feel like I'm being accelerated. I would feel uh, the same as when you accelerate in an elevator. You feel some a bit of extra weight, and it's just the elevator pushing you up. So this, uh, this kind of flat earth idea is just... It sounds, it's called Einstein's Elevator, and it sounds like it's a little bit of a, a play on that. Um, it turned out to be harder to debunk just the, just the specific math with that item because it's just kind of cherry-picked out of all the weird things that you can find in special relativity. So it was, it was uh, there's other things wrong with it that, are, that aren't just directly trying to debunk the specific math. Right. So if you cherry pick data, um, which I guess the flat earthers tend to say that science isn't real, but then they are also using science to support some of their, I, what they want to be a scientific theory, I think. Right. So yeah, it sounds like it. You know, I looked <laughs> at some of the material on the, on the, on the website and, uh, certainly the appeal to relativity that, the appeal to Einstein's elevator thought experiment, that all sounds kind of like science, but then um, the parts that uh, they don't like so much, then those are uh, fake. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Well, Earth doesn't have gravity, but the moon does, apparently. Apparently the moon has gravity, but the Earth doesn't have gravity because... The Earth is flat. Yeah, the Earth is flat, so if the Earth had <laughs> gravity... Unfortunately, it, the gravity would naturally pull the Earth together into a kind of a sphere. So, if you want to think about the flat Earth, you don't want gravity pulling the Earth into a sphere. Mm -hmm. So, you can't um, have it. You can't have it. But yeah. then, I was wondering along those same lines, if the Moon has gravity and the Earth doesn't have gravity, that would mean that the Earth, and I think on their website they say this, that the stars are fixed. At 3,000-something yeah. miles above. Miles, yeah. So does that also mean that all of our observations about distant galaxies and blue shifts and red shifts, all of that is junk then, I guess? It's all junk. It would have or, to be. You know. Um, <coughs> Excuse it, me. Well, it has all the marks of, of, of pseudoscience mm -hmm. and that they'll kind of, they'll explain stuff, you know, and it's just, it seems like the conclusion is already in, in mind. And so then you just kind of keep... Almost put, dogmatic. Yeah, dogmatically mm -hmm. keep that view. And then if, if you're, if you, once you get in that mindset, then you just kind of explain everything away. So 
there may be some bits and pieces of science that they can appeal to. Often there is some little bits and pieces of science. The problem is they really cherry-pick mm -hmm. in general. People that have some kind of pseudoscience ideas will cherry-pick which parts of science they seem to like. They'll say, well, this is definitely true, but that other stuff is... I don't like that I don't stuff. like that no, stuff. No, thank you. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so those, uh, yeah, blue shifts and red shifts. And the thing is, all these things are part of science. If somebody has a revolutionary idea, uh, it's really on them to explain all that stuff. Right. The burden of proof, as they the say. The burden of proof, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Extraordinary claims require <laughs> extraordinary evidence. And I think the fact that the flat earth, like, they have... I'm going to use the word evidence because that's what they use, but I'm not sure if I uh, agree with their evidence. Um, because what their evidence is, is it's ignoring a lot of very fundamental things that science knows to be very true. Um, and I just don't understand the justification of saying yes to one thing and no to another. And the whole concept of science is wrong, oh, ex except when it agrees with me. Then, then we'll keep it. That's very, uh, very incongruent, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I wonder, just looking at the materials, just trying to debunk specifically that universal gravitation, the universal, sorry, the universal acceleration <laughs> explanation of, for why we feel our weight against the ground, um, I found it real hard to make sense of it. And, I'm, and that's the problem. I'm trying to make sense of it. Right. Which, a sense of a nonsensical thing. A sense out of something that's kind of nonsensical. Mm -hmm. um, so there's uh, so I started to wonder, well, if you're a flat earth believing person, mm -hmm. are you supposed to believe in forces in general? The way Because you can have, if the earth is flat, you can have forces pushing across the surface of the earth. And if you don't believe in gravity, there's a device called the Cavendish balance that demonstrates gravitational attraction between things like bowling balls or, uh, you know, really dense spheres like made out of lead. If you put them close together, the force of attraction is not very much. It's very, very weak. But the description that you get is exactly in line with what we would get if you scale that up to the size of the Earth or the sun pulling on the Earth, the sun pulling on all the planets. The constant there, there's the gravitational constant that's in there. I mean, I've had students do it, and they got a number that's close to that. It's very hard to do because the force is not, not very big. Uh, so, yeah, and I, I mean, I guess we have more questions than answers for the flat earthers because uh, I feel like personally when I read through their website, there's a lot of thoughtful content there because it, it looks like they're thinking about forces and acceleration and you know calculating what the size of the sun and the path of the sun has to be in order for the earth to be flat however i think and this is the crux of it for me is the purpose of science one of them is that once you come up with some kind of theory or law you can use it to predict future events and I think that that is a really big one where the flat earth just fails flat earthers take evidence and all new evidence and then they just manipulate it to explain all the things that happened in the past but they don't have anything that can predict something in the future yeah that's uh 
That's important. You know, we think back on Copernicus and making the sun-centered solar system. Uh, they had a historically that observations of Mars showed that Mars would kind of drift against the background stars. It, dr it would drift in one direction, then drift in the other mm -hmm. direction, then drift the other way. So the re the so-called retrograde motion of Mars was hard to understand if Mars is going around the Earth. But once you put the sun at the center and put the Earth going around, and, and this, the orbit isn't quite a circle, but it might as well be. It, for, this, for this discussion, it could be a circle. The Earth is going around the sun, and Mars is going around the sun also, but further away than the Earth is then the explanation of why Mars's motion looks the way it does is very simple. It's very complicated according to an Earth-centered model, and it's very simple with a Sun-centered model. So that's part of the thing is that at some point the flat Earth, if you take it to the extreme, you can probably do some complicated non-Euclidean geometry <laughs> that you can probably fit almost anything into that model. Uh, but then if you can fit anything into a model, the model's no good. I mean, that, that's... There's, it's yeah. not leading to any, anything in the future, mm -mm. and it's a very complicated model. Right. So if we then resort to Occam's razor, we'll say, well, what are we gaining for all this complexity? Why not just go with a much simpler thing? So not only is there a burden to show that, you, that a flat Earth model could reproduce everything mm -hmm. that's observed, including the things that people mm -hmm. don't like, and that it can predict something new, and that it does it better than a spherical Earth model, that it's simpler in some way. So it's not a question of is it true or not, it's, is it, is at that point, is it simpler? It's, or and is know, it useful? Is it useful for anything? I mean, yeah, what, do we, yeah. what is the flat Earth yeah. useful for? Yeah. I, I, I don't know, for fun, I guess. I mean, uh, something to chat yeah. about over a couple yeah. of beers. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're willing to, to distort and contort space and time enough, <laughs> you can contort it, you know, maybe to fit just about anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but the contortions are so complicated. Uh, reminds me of Ptolemy's cycles and epicycles. Mars was going around the Earth, but it was kind of going around on a circle that was on top of another circle, mm -hmm. and that's how you reproduce this funny motion of Mars. Um, and it sort of works, but it's more complicated. And it's not useful. And it's not useful. There's no. Mm -hmm. um, it was only once that the sun was put at the center, and the Earth is sort of going is going around the sun, and the, all the planets are going around the sun, that Newton was able to kind of put together the law of universal gravitation, which of course flat Earth. The Flat Earth Society doesn't believe in, but that's... Well, the Earth doesn't have gravity, but other things do, I guess. Yeah. Which... Oh, right, right, right. Because the, I think... Well, it depends, because I've read a few yeah. different things, that the sun and the moon are spheres, but then I've also read that they're just, mm. uh, like, hologram projections. So I think that kind of depends on your mm. flavor of Flat yeah. Earth belief, which is a whole other issue of why are, <laughs> yeah. why are there so many different... T tiny theories, uh, or, well, theories in the colloquial sense, maybe not in the scientific sense for sure, um, yeah. with the flat earth, when 
I feel mm. like scientists overwhelmingly agree uh, for everything else. And yeah. you can make the argument that just yeah. because science overwhelmingly agrees doesn't mean you should believe it. That's fine. That's great. We, If you go, you can watch the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia yeah. clip that science is a liar. Yeah. And you know what? You're not wrong, but you're not being useful. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep that in your pocket. Yeah. That's so neat. Well, you know, another another funny one, I just thought of another funny thing, because so it's supposed to be that space flight is a conspiracy of some kind. I think it's all mostly, of NASA and fake. the government is all conspiracies and all photos from space have been faked. Okay, so here's a question. Other than, you know, if somebody said, hey, I know some of those people. Those people couldn't keep a secret. That well. <laughs> right. But, uh, but apart from the human factor, I... I I'd like to know, okay, so I can throw, I can grab a baseball and I can throw it a couple of feet up in the air and it comes right back down. And I can throw it just like in a baseball game. You can kind of throw it down the field and it follows a little arc and it comes back down. And you can launch model rockets. And so I just want to know at what point does the, does the real thing stop and the fakery begin? Because there's a pretty smooth connection between throwing a baseball up and down and launching a rocket into orbit. So, you know, but there's got to be a hard break between real stuff and fake conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. So do we, is the, the fakery that we don't actually have enough power generated to lift off a rocket? Or that maybe the yeah. rocket itself can't be properly built you know that's that's a good question because you know we hear all the news from north korea that they mm -hmm. launched you know ballistic missiles and and just so well they're just really launching something until it comes back down to earth so i guess i wonder according to the flat earth theory mm -hmm. what's the what's the farthest you can launch a rocket that's actually a real launch and when is it fake because i don't know that there's really much you know, a very high altitude rocket is not very much different from one when something goes into orbit. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the yeah, answer yeah. to that. Yeah, now I guess they. <laughs> well, I don't want to explain it for them because you know, <laughs> I could start. They, I'm willing. I, I'm willing to start trying to explain it. Turns out this is rocket science. <laughs> this, is, this is rocket science, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. So gosh, what else? Yeah, what else have we learned? Um. Well, I'm, I'm not sure if I've learned anything. I've had a lot of fun looking, yeah. relooking into some uh, relativity theories because that's always a, a little brain teaser, I think. But yeah, I'm, I'm wearing an interesting button, which I'm trying to uh, <laughs> propagate. The button says, "We have enough youth. How about a fountain of smart?" I like it. I think we'll end there. Great. All right. Well, uh, I hope everyone enjoyed listening to our little fireside chat here in my office. And I'm super glad to have Dr. B here with me today. Um, I guess if you need to get a hold of myself, you can always do that through the Fish Nerds podcast Facebook page, or you can always call the Fish Nerds directly. Thank you for inviting me, Doc Barton. Right. It's been great fun. I hope it goes over well. Well, we're, we'll, I'm sure it won't. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's Jeff the Librarian here trying to chip in on the flat earth controversy that's not a controversy because it's complete BS crap garbage nonsense war garble. And the bottom line is 
you can't disprove this scientifically because that has, I mean, you can quote all the science in the world that you want to these people and they will never get it because they're thinking about a metaphysical model of the world, not a scientific one. And it all is based around what they perceive to be common sense that, well, the, if, if the earth is moving, why don't we feel it? The sun appears to move in the sky and the sun appears to move in the sky. And so that must be the truth that the sun and the moon are moving. Um, and then, you know, the rest of it builds from that, that nonsense. But really why they believe this is because it makes them feel special. They feel like they're the chosen ones that they see through, you know, the, the matrix. They took the red pill. They're Neo. And that makes them feel good. It makes them feel important. It makes them feel different than the rest of the crowd. And so I think the only way you can defeat this in a person would be to try to chip away at this sense of why are you special? Why are you the chosen one? How come you have this perfect knowledge? What are you getting from this? What does it do for you? I think that line of reasoning might go somewhere, but facts and logic and rationality, not going to work because humans are value feelings over facts. That's just the, the way the human mind works most of the time and most people. And, you know, you have to learn to be rational and you have to learn how to use logic and you have to learn how to use the scientific method. And the default setting for the human brain is feeling. And uh, so these people aren't crazy. Um, they're not stupid. They just value the feeling that they get from this believing this system and so if you could chip away at that specialness that that feeling that they are the elect the chosen you might get somewhere other than that forget about it beat your head against the wall all day long it didn't go work so this is jeff the effing librarian signing off and uh, i'll see you in agartha the twilight land under the black sun where we all live forever see ya All right, Adam. So we're almost out of time here, and what do you, you have to give some final thoughts here about the flat earthers? What are, where, where are we going next? I'll so I'll summarize it like this: um, I did a ton of research and a ton of digging into the community, and then I also did a ton of digging into conspiracies in general. So you've been woke. Um, yeah, you know, no, no, I'll, I can never be like I can never be woke like that. Mm -hmm. it just, that's not going to happen with me. Um, however, I, I tried to figure out what makes these people tick, what makes these people think. They're bananas. And <laughs> yes, they are. I am no scientist. I am no doctor. I am no anything. I'm an IT geek with tons of certifications, so I can rewire your servers at, you know, at your work, but I, I'm not going to be able to give clinical diagnosis to these guys. So that's, that's I That's interesting. To... How's your computer working these days? That's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, right? <laughs> Boy, the irony. Uh, don't let the uh, Flat Earth guys hear that an IT guy that works at NASA had his computer crash on him during a, a guest spot on the Fish Nerds podcast, or I'll never hear the end of it. They heard. Um, but uh, but anyway, it's so damn hot. My computer overheated. It's Florida. You know, that kind of shit happens. But um, so I, I can't, since I know I don't know all the details, I can't answer these clinical questions or these scientific questions because I'm just not that kind of guy. Neither I can turn they. to 
the well exactly i turn to the internet and uh i don't just turn to like google or youtube because youtube doesn't make you an expert in anything um i actually did some digging and did some research uh, and I pulled some, uh, pulled some stuff from two sources. Um, the, the best spot, and I'll put, the, I'll shoot this over to you so you can include it in the show notes if you want to, is from sciencealert.com. Um, they give a really brief article on studies that were conducted by the Verge, and I'm probably killing that name, but the Verge University in Amsterdam, as well as University of Kent in the UK, as well as some associated colleges here in the US that contributed to these studies. And the scientists and these doctors wanted to figure out what makes these people tick. And it basically comes down to part of their brain is just simply miswired. And we all have these kinds of thoughts. Whenever you can't figure something out, when you can't replicate something in your environment, you look for patterns that could be possible predictions of why you can't figure A plus B equals 32. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't figure out those things that equal up to what's supposed to be fact. Right, let me, let me test my and math. Hang on. A plus B equals 32. And the hardest math I can think <laughs> of is 31 plus one. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Uh, well, con- <laughs> conspiracy theorists and not just flat earth, but conspiracy theorists in general use that part of the brain, that part of that problem solving uh, part of the brain. Um, it's, it's actually called, it's, it just slipped me one second. Uh, illusory pattern perception disorder. Let me f- make sure I can f- say that one correctly. Sorry, I know you have to edit this a little bit. My bad. There it is. So what scientists and doctors have concluded is that the conspiracy theory folks that are out there that are just over the edge, over the top, you know, off the deep end, off the edge of the flat earth, uh, they think in terms where they fit into a category called illusory pattern perception disorder. And to the layperson, that is basically just saying when you see things that are going on in your environment, be it social media, the news, internet, your personal life, whatever, that you can't explain or replicate, you create these crazy patterns connecting dots that don't exist in your head. And when you do that, as a conspiracy theorist, it turns into paranoid delusion. So you're literally going from you're forming patterns to these things that you can't explain to everyone's out to get me. And all of us have those wirings in our head, but those conspiracy theorist folks take it to an extreme. And unfortunately for David and Jaron, in this situation, I believe that they both believe the earth is really flat. I think they think that's true. I don't think it's a gimmick. Uh, just based on the conversations that I've had, David's a wackadoo. <laughs> Jaron's more calm and cool and collected, but I think both of them suffer from this exact same thing. So that's where I draw my conclusion. I let the experts make that diagnosis, and that's that's where I'm going to stick to it. So illusory, excuse me, illusory pattern perception disorder. That makes perfect sense. Uh, and, and by the way, I think, like you said, every one of us falls into that throughout to get me mode. But I think it's taking sure. it to that like absolutely to that like exponential level that makes it bananas, uh, and that's where they're at with it. And like I said before, I'm I'm I like the flat Earth stuff. I think it's funny. I think it's interesting. I think their show was well produced. Um, they just lost me when they got hurtful and they got mean, and that's where I—that's where the where I'm like, you know, screw you. Like it's I'm done with yeah. I'm done with those guys. So I agree. I, and it, we all get mean once in a while, but they're mean to that level of like 
we know people who got hurt and they're just being jerks about it. So it's absolutely. So, uh, yeah, man. So that's the flat earth stuff. We didn't do anything to debunk them at all. We didn't take line by line. (laughs) Nope. There's not any amount of words or facts we can give them. That's going to, going to help them come around to, uh, to go, Oh, Hey, maybe those guys are right. Um, and they're going to take all this, uh, and go back to their show and, Use that as evidence that they're right. They're going to take everything you said. That's okay. Is I'm, all right. e- I'm all right with is that. Evidence that they don't that we don't know what we're talking about and that they are right because we didn't go line by line with them. Um, one thing I will give them is they are experts at the trade of arguing their points. I'll give that to Jaron. Yeah. I will not give that to David. I will. I will absolutely agree that Jaron does counter arguments very well. Mm-hmm. David takes it to an immature, childish level. Right. He says he'll. he'll every, everything to him is ridiculous, or it doesn't make sure. sense. Therefore, it's not true. Um, but yeah, Jaron's a little better at it. But again, Jaron's not on their show. He's got his own YouTube that's, channel that's going. True. Um, but yeah, hey, that's the Flat Earth. I, I recommend you go listen to their podcast. You can call, they have a speak pipe. You can call their number in. You can say the Fish Nerds sent you or the Twisted Ten sent you. Um, and they use it on their show. I mean, look, it really comes down to it. They're just like us. They want you to listen to their show. And we want you to listen Absolutely. to Twisted Ten. We want you to listen to the Fish Nerds podcast. Um, and we like little fun things like this and to us this is like a no big deal thing but it's funny and interesting and it's a it's a fun rabbit hole so that's where i'm at with it now it's i'm having fun kind of <laughs> i i completely agree i i think it's fascinating and it's a fun rabbit hole i'm i'm definitely in it but i think i have a more uh i don't know mature mindset when it comes to this stuff i can i don't have those miswirings in my head quite as bad all right, so Adam, you make uh, you make you make two podcasts. You make the Twisted Ten podcast, which is actually one of my top like four podcasts. I look forward to every whenever it comes out, like weekly or lately. It's been not weekly, but but I, I look for I look forward to it. We and had a little make, bit of time off, but yeah, lately it has yeah. not been. We're getting back to weekly though. Yeah, good. I prefer that. And then um, <laughs> and then uh, you make uh, living. Uh, no, you make the what do you make? Which other which other yeah. show you make called? living pod? Living- so we do we do two. Uh, our very yeah. first one. That we created, uh, this is way back in the day, was called Living Podcariously. And the whole take on that show is it's a, uh, uh, it's a male perspective, a men's perspective podcast on sex, relationships, um, you know, everything in the middle. Um, comedy, we have some musical talent and guests from our Brevard County area down here in Florida that come on. Um, so that's what that show is about. That's about a two hour and a half to two hour show each week. Uh, then the other one, uh, that's way more popular, uh, more internationally popular and, and larger. This, the Living Podcariously show is really popular locally, but Twisted 10 is far more popular on a larger scale. Uh, it, it is that, is just that, is the Twisted 10. And, uh, that's, that's such a fun show to produce. Um, and we plugged it earlier in the show, so I won't go into that too much, but, uh, yeah, but, I, but I recommend binging that one. If you're on like a 10 hour road trip, you can just listen to that for 10 hours. It's, that's awesome. It's that kind of show. Um, there's only a couple of shows who I recommend that with, and that's one because the diversity of topics, it's always funny, always interesting, mostly true, just like my show. So like it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's it's great. Well, thank you so, very very much for that yeah. uh, that awesome endor- endorsement for our shows. Yeah. It's that it means a lot to me. So thank yeah, you. Not your shows. I never heard the other one. Oh, you never heard Living Podcariously? <laughs> no, I have not. You, sh- you should give it a shot. It's uh, it's a little bit more crass. I'll tell you that yeah. it, we get a little bit more into the weeds on that show, and I, I didn't mean weed as in pot or marijuana. I just meant right. You guys into are the vapors. weeds. Yes, yeah. we uh, we have government clearances. We have to protect those. So yeah, 
<laughs> so, but anyway, so let's 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 wrap this up. We are out Absolutely. of time. I am out of battery power on all my devices, so we have to get to the end here. Clay, I do um, want to say before we before we wrap up, yeah. thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm a huge fan of the Fish Nerds podcast, and your Fish Nerds uh, in- community is is a bunch of awesome people. So, thank you very much for including us, our whole hey, team, yeah. in in some of this silliness, especially about the flat Earth. I can't oh, wait for you to come it. down here and go fishing out at the Kennedy Space Center with me. Well, my my wife and kids, I was telling them, I was talking on the phone tonight, and they go, wait, they're like, wait, we can go down there, and we can, can we ever watch a, a spaceship take off? And I'm like, probably. Absolutely, they're yeah. launching between I don't know three and eight a month right now. So yeah, you're, you, we could easily do that. It's all fake anyway. So that's it. You've listened to a bunch of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. <laughs> Uh, we would like to thank our families for supporting us while we podcast and do all the silly things that nerds do. Yeah, and, and by the way, making a podcast inherently makes you a nerd. It's next level kind of nerd. Yeah, absolutely. It's D&D yeah. level nerd. Uh, special thanks, uh, Adam. Thank, hey, Adam, thank you for coming to the show. Uh, for, yes, for sir. 10 podcast and living podcariously. Big thanks, Doc Martin and her song uh, stylings and all the stupid things she does for us. <laughs> Give her very much. Doc Martin actually put the fish nerds on her resume to get her job as a professor, if you can imagine. Uh, thanks that to is Professor awesome. B. Thanks to Jeff Downton, our fish nerds, effing librarian, for, for giving us his perspective. Um, and, you know, I'm actually going to thank the Flat Earth Podcast guys, uh, Jaron and David. Even though I think you're batshit crazy, you're wrong, <laughs> you're dumb on this topic, completely wrong. Um, it, I, you're interesting, and uh, thank you for being interesting. Um, so that's what I got here. Keep going. <laughs> All right. So until next time, follow the code of the fish nerds, spawn early and often. Never trust a free lunch with strings attached. And swim against the current every chance you get. All right, that's it. You made a podcast. Awesome. <laughs> oh, Thank you so much, Clay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adam. All right, so we're, we're absolutely, buddy. We're done recording now. Okay, cool. <laughs>